0: Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teledabs. It is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, because it is back to reality with the Colorado Avalanche, injuries galore, and the... Ultimate trap game against the Arizona Coyotes. They lose 6-3 to three in their first trip to Mullet Arena in a game that was crafted in a lab to piss me off.
1: Yeah, it was uh, not a good game. It was just kind of a perfect storm. Uh, it was like a series of unfortunate events is what I described this game as. Uh, you get the start where the ABS have to practice in Colorado to start the day. They then travel to Arizona. That gets delayed. So they arrive, what, like four hours before the game?
0: Yeah, from what we saw, it was like six hours before the game, and the plane ride was incredibly bumpy. So already things are a mess, and they haven't even gotten on the way to the college arena yet. It, it screamed like a preseason game. Did it not to you? A little bit, yeah. Like, like this is what we expect
1: in the preseason where it's like, oh, you have – like one team's going to stay here and play the Knights and the other team's going to travel to Arizona and like three hours before. Like that's what this game reminded me of, Um, except it was a regular season game. And uh, I think the Avs had a little too much uh, holiday ham uh, because they came out sleepwalking through this game.
0: Yeah, start to this game uh, in tune with several Avs starts over the last couple of games was, to put it mildly, bad. They were not here. What, what do you think the reason is for that? Because that has to be a focus of Bednar practice, right? I mean, you would think, but this has definitely gotten to a point where this is a little more than just like, oh, the last couple of games they haven't started great. This has been like a solid two, three weeks of they yeah. step out on the ice and they're really not rolling until the second period. And as we saw in this game, you're not going to get away with that every single time. You've got to stamp this out eventually. I don't know what the cause is. I don't know if it was the plane ride coming in. Or everyone's just, they they need a minute to get the wheels turning. They're not stretching enough. I have no idea what the cause is, but we've got to figure this out soon.
1: Yeah, because it, like you said, it's been going on for like two, three weeks. And they've been able to work their way through it. But you knew eventually the luck was going to run out. Like, you knew eventually it was going to come back and bite them in the ass. And in this game, it did. Uh, And I people give the Coyotes a lot of grief because they are the Coyotes. But they aren't that bad this year. Like, they actually
0: are not the worst team in the NHL,
1: which is what a lot of people thought they'd be.
0: This roster looks to me like one of the worst I've ever seen, but that almost kind of works to their advantage in a way because they're a very cohesive team that has a lot of positive energy around them. They're not good. But if you go into this game like the Avs did and you don't take them seriously, they're going to run all over you.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at they've beaten what they've beaten the Avs. Now they've beaten the Bruins and they beat the Maple Leafs to start the like like they
0: have some good wins. Yeah, I mean, there there are some teams that are in much, much worse shape than the Coyotes right now. They're going to finish at the bottom of the league. But going to Mullet Arena has been a trap game all season long. So we talked about last episode. It's just you have to take them seriously. They're not good. And if you play well, you will beat them. And the Avs should have won this game but they are a team that you have to show up to play. This is not the Blackhawks. Yeah, They, they, and I think that's a credit to their coach because
1: they play hard every single game. They do like they play hard every single game and they, it feels like they're in a majority of games. Um, And the abs just didn't come out firing the, uh coyotes came out like guns ablazing. i think they started what like six shots to nothing in the first yep. five minutes of that game
0: yep six shots to nothing you already had a goal from Gostas Bear in yep. the opening minute of the game i mean it wasn't even close the avalanche the coyotes were running all over them it, it, yep. they were crushing them they were getting to the net they were shoving them out of the way georgia was under fire he breaks on one from Gostas Bear. the avs get one back from evan rodriguez who's been phenomenal so far
1: he was great again tonight I, I yeah. thought I thought him and Newhook were two of the best players on the ice tonight
0: I, and I completely agree but not too long after that the Coyotes take the lead once again and it's just that in a microcosm this game was the avalanche get some momentum immediately squander it yep that, I mean
1: that's the perfect summary of this game um that play that I think it was Kraus scored on to give the Coyotes a 2-1 lead it was a perfect pick play on Devon Taves like it it, it I don't know if it was legal, but apparently it was. <laughs> but It was a perfect pick play because Devon Taves was just there was nothing he could do in Lawson Kraus. Like it was a good shot. I don't think it was a great shot. You would have loved to save there. But I mean, it, it was 2-1 and you, you felt like the Avs had the momentum. And, and like you said, they just squandered it.
0: Yeah. I mean, on that play in particular, like there's three guys that are just kind of poking at it a little bit like. Yeah, Taze gets shoved out of the way a bit, but you still got two other guys there. They're just kind of waiting for the other guy to make the play. And, like, yeah, you want Georgiev to make that save. It's a perfect backhand, but one you should probably be stopping most of the time. Just Lawson Kraus should not be carving up your defense down. The fact
1: he has 14 goals is very impressive.
0: Apparently, someone has to score on the Coyotes. Yeah. Apparently, it's Lawson Krauses here at 14 goals, and Clayton Keller has 13.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like The Coyotes are not good, but they play hard, and they have a chance in every game. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was 2-1, and you're like, okay, maybe we can bounce back in the second period. Um And no, they, they did not bounce back in the second period. <laughs> like,
0: I mean, they came close at a certain point, but it's like after the first period, it's what we talked about last episode. You get to play this fun little game of, is this setting the tone for the rest of the game? Or is this just a bad start and they're going to rattle off six goals and win this game? It it, it was the
1: opposite. It was the opposite of the Predators game um, because the Coyotes came out. Uh, they scored on the power play. I mean, it was a lucky bounce. Like it, it bounced right to Nick Schmaltz and there was nothing you or GIF could do on the power play. And the Coyotes got 3-1 and... I think at that point I was like, yeah, we're, we're in trouble a little bit here.
0: Yeah. After the third one went in, it's three to one. Usually when the the second period, when the abs start to get rolling, you're like, okay, this, this is going to be a problem after the last probably like week where we've seen just beautiful defensive games from the first Nashville game to the Islanders game to all the games following. They played great defense almost across the board entirely. And in this game, it was just a, a complete afterthought. It's, it's what you said before we wrapped up last episode. Like This, this was a bad time for the Avs to have a break because they yeah. came out of it and they looked like shit.
1: Yeah, because they were clicking before the break and then the break came and it just kind of it threw them off their their mojo a little bit. And going up against like like a team like the Coyotes. I just think they're kind of, the abs were kind of like, okay, maybe we can luck our way into a win here and not have to try our hardest. And it it was trap game central. That's what it was.
0: Yeah. And they started to come back in the second period. You get the Kale McCarr goal, finally picking up one with a goalie in net for the first time in the last little while, beautiful play by Mm -hmm. JT Copper. He is just killing it so far this season. It's three to two. And then just a short bit later, Tie game. Miko Ranson knocks the puck out of the air. Beautiful play. Called back for yeah. offsides. And God, I yes, it was offside. Let me preface this whole rant. I know it was offside. I'm not debating the call. Is just such a stupid rule, and I hate it so much. It's that,
1: that rule that you hate when it goes against you, but you love when it's on your side. Like and- it's it's just. Uh, I mean, it's microscopic, and it was. It's tough. I mean, we've seen what we had that Zeegris Michigan goal called back on a uh we've seen so
0: many good goals over the last calendar year called back due to offsides. It is absolutely nauseating how <laughs> many of these get called back. And I believe offside should be a thing. I don't think you should be able to review it. If you missed it, what do you get paid for? What do you do all day? That's your job.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree because it screwed the abs, but there's been times when that has come back to help the abs. I get it's a rule, but it does suck because it's like there is supposed to be a human element of the game, but they also just take it out completely with these uh with these reviews.
0: Yeah, it's you now, and this is where I understand the Matt Duchesne hate because he ruined it for <laughs> he did. everybody he did. with that goal several years ago. He ruined it because he was several miles offside and they just refused to call it for whatever reason. So now every single play comes down to the centimeter and we get all these sick goals, like Ranton's baseball goal tonight taken back because of this silly rule. And you can't even be mad about it because yeah, it was offside, but it's, it's dumb. I hate it.
1: It it was just like, I thought that play was kind of a uh, microcosm of what the game was for the Avs because Kale McCarr, 99 out of a hundred times bring that brings that puck in clean, but it hops on him and it's just, he couldn't get back on his stick and it was ruled off sides, but it was a hell of a goal by Ranson. And you could tell it took a little bit of juice out of the avs sales. Like it it definitely did because I can't imagine like you battle back, you have two crazy goals in like what, 30 seconds Um, and it gets called back in the avs. Not much you can do uh after that. Well, there is more you can do. I didn't really like their response. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, they, but, they, they had a couple of scoring chances. You had the Cogliano scoring chance, But after that, I mean, it's like you said, this was the microcosm of the whole game, where basically less than five minutes later, you get the Mosier goal, and now it's 4-2 Coyotes going into the third period. All that momentum is just completely gone.
1: Yeah, and it's not very like the abs to only get one power play in the game, but they only got one power play in the game. And that Lekanen one that kind of put the kaidus on that power play that the abs killed off, but that extra time where he was getting back into the zone resulted in the goal. I didn't love the call. Um, I thought it was a little ticky tack. I thought the, I thought the guy went uh, swimming I thought he I, needed to snorkel.
0: Um, Lekkanen did not touch him.
1: Yeah. I, I thought he went swimming a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just uh, I didn't love the call, but I thought the abs had a decent PK, and then they just couldn't get the puck out. It's what we talk about all year, man. They just can't get the puck out of the zone, and it results in a goal. Like I, I know Georgiev is screened, but you need to make that save. Like th- you th- absolutely th- need that
0: save. I think it's both on there. I mean, Georgiev did not have a great night tonight. Just look at his numbers. He finished with a what eight forty four. On 33 shots, giving up five goals. Yeah, you want to save on that one. Sam, you have to move the guy in front of your goal. Yeah. I know I know he's not like right in the crease, but as an NHL defenseman, you should know he is directly in the sight lines. You gotta move him a little bit. Yeah. And, I mean, Georgiev had trouble with those screenshots today. And what a surprise, the Avs don't win when Gheorghev's not good. You can go and look at his last 20 games. When he plays well, we win. And when he doesn't, we lose. But yeah. Sam's got to move that guy, and Sam he ended up picking up a point in this game on the on the ransom goal at the very end. But this was not his best night.
1: No, him nor EJ had uh, particularly good nights tonight. I thought they were uh, bad. I thought outside of McCarr and Taves, pretty much every defensive pair kind of stunk tonight.
0: Yeah. I mean, and just man, the inconsistency with Gerard and EJ, but especially Gerard, just because he's yeah. younger. EJ is kind of more of the same game over game, some ups, some downs. Gerard, especially these last weeks, we, we come on here and we rave about him for an episode. He goes out the next game. He plays like shit. We talk about the next episode. Every alternating episode is Gerard good, Gerard bad. like, I'm picking on him and EJ here, and I'm focusing on Gerard, but it applies to both of them here. Pick a lane. Are you going to be good or are you going to be bad?
1: Yeah, because it's it's frustrating because, like you said, like he had a great game against Nashville. And then tonight, I don't know what it was. Like The puck was bouncing on him. I think there was a couple two-on-ones that result of him not being able to keep the puck in the offensive zone. He just did not play the puck the right way. Um, and this feeds the narrative of Sam Gerard hate. It just does. Like this is, these are the type of games where people who do not like Sam Gerard are, they love these days. They absolutely love these yeah. games because these
0: are, he, he was not good. Yeah. These are the kind of games where they're vindicated, where they can see a play like that, where he's just, he's just kind of chilling on the guy in front, not really in front of the net, but in the, the way of the goal, he just kind of chilling with his stick on him, not really moving him. Like, I know that's not your thing. But you got to do it a little bit here. And the thing for Gerard coming into the season, which we've talked about a multitude of times so far, is he needs to start to sway people towards his side at the very least. You know it would have been a successful season for Gerard, and there's still time, that you, we stop seeing these conversations. He really needs to leave no doubt. And we've talked about it enough. We're not going to go back on this road again because we've talked about it like six times this month. But – he needs to leave no doubt, and he just is not doing that right now. He has yeah. one great game, and then he follows it up with this: picked up a point, a second, a secondary assist. Other than that, was not good. No, he he wasn't good, and
1: I'm tired of having that conversation. I'm sure the coaching staff's tired of having these conversations, but these are the type of plays you expect from a uh, a younger defenseman. Which I, I would you consider Gerard still young? He's what twenty four.
0: I mean, he's technically young. I mean, he's been in the NHL since he yeah. was like 18. He's still 24. He's technically still young, but this is his what, sixth season in the league?
1: Yeah, his sixties. Is he is he the new Andre Burakovsky of the abs?
0: Mm, there's comparables, but Berkey with the caps was in his own league because Berkey never got Gerard has had every opportunity to be Sam Gerard. Berkey was. Constantly disrupted in Washington
1: Yeah I I don't know I just think of it it's like The talent's there and he just can't put it together And if Sam Droid ever moves on He's going to be a fucking sick defenseman for another team And it's just going to be like damn why couldn't you Fucking do that here Um, Because the flashes are there the talent's there um And we, on the last episode, we were like him and Eric Johnson. They're back to being like the great second pair they usually are. And here we are four days later being like, yeah, maybe maybe not. <laughs>
0: yeah, and here, here we are basically not even a week later being like nobody misses Byron and Manson more than these guys right now. Yeah. They're, they're getting rode into the ground and getting exposed sometimes when the abs need them for really big minutes. Like th- these kind of games can't happen. No,
1: they time. absolutely can't with those guys out because they are they your second pair. Like you can't play McCarr and Taves the entire game. Although like you,
0: you probably I mean, could. maybe
1: you could, I mean, you could probably play McCarr and Taves 40 minutes. You probably could. Uh it, it would not be good for the long-term future of this team, but you probably could play them 40 minutes. Uh Just given those two ice time, but you need that second pair to be good. And when that second pair is good, the abs win when it's not good, the abs lose. Yeah. Um, It's just plain and simple as that. So, Hopefully we're coming on on Saturday after the Maple Leafs game and we're talking about how Sam Gerard and Eric Johnson turned it around. They played great these last two games and we'll get to have that fun conversation of like, like I think back of the, you remember that scene in the office where Michael Scott's talking about getting the vasectomy, like snip, snap, snip, snap. Like that's how I feel about Gerard and Eric Johnson right now. I'm gonna
0: nod my head and pretend I understood that reference. Have you not seen The Office? I, I've seen The Office, but I don't watch the I don't watch every single show and have it ingrained in my memory. You're crazy,
1: bro. That's that is that is the you've said some takes on here. That may be the wildest. It's not, 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 not even that's not even a
0: take. It's just I genuinely just don't have it ingrained in my memory. You're it's crazy bro. A background show
1: grossest man in the comments chat this is crazy
0: man right. in the in the comments those are our reviews five stars five
1: stars but tell griffin he needs to watch the office more i'll give you my peacock account and you can watch it man it's the greatest show of all time
0: That's um five. so i have heard so many times it's but a, it, listen fine show i do not have the patience for super long tv shows most of the time <laughs> Crazy, I'm not dude. a. Pa- I'm, I don't know if you guys have picked up on the not a patient guy at all. Yeah,
1: I figured, I figured, but uh, yeah, that, that's what Sam Girard and Eric Johnson remind me of right now is the snip, snap, snip, snap, um, of play. So we need them to be better. I I hope they play better. I'm hoping this was just an off game, but I mean, we're really gonna see because these next two games coming up against the Kings and the Maple Leafs, you're gonna need your second pair to be good because these teams have. Maple Leafs have, what, three, four lines of good offensive talent. The Kings, know, although they can't play defense, they can score with the best of them. You're going to need them to play well in these next two games.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we can't keep having performances like this. That momentum carries into the third period. And once you saw the the Carcone goal go in, I mean, that's that's it at that point. Like, you thought maybe we can mount something, but five to two with the roster that we're running out here right now is just, that's not going to happen.
1: No, it's not gonna happen. I mean, that play, I'm not gonna be like super critical of EJ and uh, and Sam Gerard. They're trying to make a play. Like your defensemen are up. You have four in the play. I didn't love the back check from some of the forwards. I thought they could have hustled more because it was kind of a slow developing three on one. Like Gerard actually made the right play and made the I forget which coyote it was. Like delay a little bit. If you had any type of back check, that probably would have been broken up. But. It was just the way the game went and you went down five, two and it was just kind of like, well, at least we don't have to worry about like sweating this one out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I kind of appreciate that we didn't drag this one down the wire. Like some of our other trap game losses recently, like we really just set the tone right away that this night was just not going to work. You get the, the to spare goal less than four minutes into the game and early in the third period, you get that goal to put the coyotes up five to I me. Mean, it was great puck movement by the coyotes, but it was nothing that you were not actively handing to them. Yeah. I mean, it, it's exactly
1: perfect words you put in my mouth, man. Like they they just handed that three on one to him and it was just kind of a lackadaisical effort all night. And this was this was just a perfect example of it. So you go down five two. Uh Miko gets one what, like a minute and a half later, like For on time. a sweet deflection. Um his twenty fourth of the season.
0: Yeah, twenty fourth so, of the season. Basically, just not even two minutes after the goal from the Coyotes makes it five to three, makes you think you got some. If there was any positive to take from this game, Rantanen just keeps on roll. And this man is absolutely unstoppable right now. He's at 24 goals on the season so far. Ties him with Bo Horvat, or did Horvat score tonight? I think the I think Horvat scored tonight, so he's at 25. But he's tied now with Robertson and Posternock at 24. Probably not going to catch McDavid, who is currently at 30, but that's not. He scored again tonight scored again so at 31 now which is yeah. stupid it's probably not going to catch him but in a, with the rest of the mortals he is two behind tage thompson right now for the the honorary league lead for people not named connor mcdavid
1: yeah i mean they should give a second place trophy to the uh, goal scorers this year i mean It's just what McDavid's doing is absolutely, he's on pace for like 155 points this year. Like that
0: is stupid. Like, are we talking enough about McDavid honestly for the kind of season that he's having? The Oilers are not good. No, just dragging them along. It's so funny. Did you see that his point streak right now? He's on a, 16 game point streak and he's 32 points in that stretch yeah he's just he's an animal man and the fact that we
1: were able to contain him in the western conference final tour we held him to what eight points in four games and you're like that was a good job and
0: that, that was, was a good an, job that was a major accomplishment
1: <laughs> good job holding the, him to two points a game uh yeah he's absurd it would be very oilers though if he goes 155 points and they miss the playoffs That would be very Oilers.
0: Like, I just don't know how you can even possibly do that. I mean, they're in now now and tied with Seattle. Seattle's four games in hand. But I just, man, I don't see how you can have McDavid in this shitty of a division and miss the playoffs. I would love to see it because that would be very funny.
1: Oh, you know if that happened that way, you know Bedard would end up on the Oilers. Like they would have a 0.2% chance of winning the lottery and they'd fucking win it.
0: Yeah. That's why I like this new system now, where it's like if you're below ten, you can only move up ten spots.
1: Yeah, but it would be very funny and very Oilers that he gets like 155 points, they miss the playoffs, and he doesn't win MVP because he's not in the
0: playoffs. Yeah, because everyone because everyone's gonna have the conversation about like, well, if you didn't make the playoffs, are you really the most valuable player? I kind of need that to happen. I think that would be peak peaking. I, I think we need that. I think we need to start yeah. bringing those conversations back. I I feel like the hockey community has gotten too positive lately. We need a little. Yeah. More, we need a little more toxicity in our. Exactly. Lives, right? We need bringing it. back I mean, the heart conversations again because they've gotten too so, boring. It's been too obvious lately.
1: Yeah, because I want Miko Rantanen to win it. So, um, we just McDavid like don't have Stuart Skinner go out there. I think he made like forty nine saves tonight, and they barely beat Calgary, but. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, uh, I would love to see Miko win it, but let's be real, it's it's Connor McDavid's trophy to lose. Yeah, it, um,
0: It's really just a race for who's getting second at this yeah. point. Yeah. And honestly, that should be able to go on a Hall of Fame resume this season.
1: <laughs> it should. But yeah, I mean, Miko, he had, we talked about the acrobatic goal he had that was called back because of uh, offsides. He gets one here, and like you said, it gave the Avs maybe a little bit of hope, uh, but I feel like the Avs just, they didn't really, like, capitalize yeah. on it too much. I felt like they they kind of squandered those next five minutes of the game because they they had the momentum and I don't remember a dangerous scoring chance until like six minutes left in the game when EJ threw it off the crossbar.
0: Yeah, I mean, and while while we were talking about McDavid, I was just racking my brain trying to think of anything after this that was like they were showing something. I can't remember anything. And then right after that, you have the Brad Hunt delay a game penalty. Perfect description of this game you get a little bit of momentum you think okay if you get one more all of a sudden it's a one goal game you're playing connor ingram you just need one with the net empty and you can at least steal a point out of this disaster hunt throws it right over the net immediately i thought nope this game's over
1: yeah because those two minutes were crucial and the abs just really never got going after that like that one play like i think the abs hit what like Two or three posts in this game. McCarr hit one early. EJ hit one.
0: Yeah. Um, everything went wrong in this game. I yeah. mean, everything that can go wrong in a game like this. The only thing that went right is nobody got hurt. And that is a net well, that, that, of, that That we know of. That we know of, of course. But the fact that we are at this point after the game and we don't know of anyone being injured is a net positive for the yeah. app recently. Other than that, from the plane ride to the end of the game, everything was shit it was
1: and it just it, these games are going to happen it's a long 82 game season you don't want to lose points to the coyotes um but we remember last year like they what they lose? they lost twice to the coyotes if i remember right didn't we yeah, lose they twice, broke our twice? they broke our home winning streak yeah like I don't know what it is. I think we need to start having the conversation. Do the Coyotes have the avalanche number?
0: Are they the team the Avs don't want to see in the playoffs? Is <laughs> the Coyotes. Hey, man, we've already done that one, and I think we did just fine. But, I mean, just the Coyotes, they're – once they figure out that they are a bad team and just play like they have nothing to lose like they did tonight – I mean, they they played like a team that understood they had the defending champs coming into their building, their fun college building – and it looks sick, by the way. It still looks sick. It looked cool, and they played hard. That's that's all the Coyotes did. They didn't do anything special in this game. They just played hard and played like they wanted to win. They know they're not going to make the playoffs. They don't care. They just want to win hockey games whenever they can. And the Abs, they were not there tonight. And when you play a team that's playing hard and has NHL players on them, everyone on the Coyotes is an NHL player by definition. They are the the best of the best in the world. The Avs simply just didn't feel like it tonight, and it shows. It shows. It's a tough loss. Uh, I
1: imagine that against the Kings, this is going to be a completely different game. Um, for some reason, the Kings' starting goalie is uh, Copley, I believe his first name's Phoenix. Phoenix. Copley, um, former Caps goalie. So yeah. I, I know a thing or two about him. Like somehow he's probably going to play at Vesna level in this game. But the Kings, I don't know how they're in the playoffs. It's a testament to how bad the Pacific division is uh, because the Kings, I think they have a negative goal differential, if I'm not mistaken. They, like, I'm pretty never, sure they have a negative goal differential.
0: They've scored 121 goals and given up 128. And somehow they are eighth in the NHL.
1: Yeah, like they give up a lot of goals. So going against Phoenix Copley or Jonathan Quick, the Abs should should win that game. They should if they have a performance like they did tonight against the Coyotes. We could get boat raced by the Kings.
0: We could. We definitely could. And even before we finish up completely on the Coyotes game, I have to voice my biggest frustration. You know how I've been begging for a goalie to have a mediocre game against us. They did. Connor Ingram was a sub-900, and we lost. I'm so, I'm so upset about this. Well, it just doesn't help. Because that, that, that was it. That was, that was the, it. That was the game you get a goalie who is actively not pitching Vesna caliber saves with 40 saves, a 941. You got sub-900 against the Coyotes. And you're going to tell me you lost?
1: And you didn't just lose. You lost by three. You <laughs> like, lost by
0: three. You lost six to three. Yeah. He <laughs> got outshot. These these games are tough to record right after the fact because these are the most frustrating games to lose. I, I almost wish this was a game where we had a day in between episodes. Yeah. And I can calm down before coming on here, but man, what a waste.
1: Yeah, It's a wasted opportunity. We're going to look back on this, and if the Avs are in a playoff, well, I'm not going to say that because we're, we're not going to be in a playoff crunch, but this could be one of those things where like you look back and you're like, oh, the Avs are going to finish two points out of the division. And you look back and you go, Oh, yeah, remember that game against the coyotes where they lost six to three? That, yeah, they, I, that was that was two points right there.
0: I think long term we're still gonna be fine. It's just like it puts more pressure on the the rest of the week now, like we're talking yeah. about with the Kings, because now that becomes you got Toronto coming up. You're still injured, they've still got injuries of their own, but they're playing damn good hockey right now. You got you gotta beat the Kings now to be able to round out this year in a positive way. I mean, it's kind of hard to look back on 2022 as anything but positive for this team. But in the short term of this season and trying to go into 2023 on a positive note, now you kind of have to beat the Kings and prepare for a bloodbath against the Maple Leafs. Cause you you can't let a performance like this slide.
1: No. And you have to, I'm almost like, I'm kind of happy that this game happened now. Cause maybe that'll make their hyper-focus for the Kings and Leafs game even more important. I'm nervous about that Leafs game, man. The Leafs are playing some damn good hockey. And with our defense where it's at right now, I just tell me you don't envision somehow that like Brad Hunt and Andreas England are stuck out there with Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and whoever, William Nylander. And you're just like, how the fuck did this happen? Like, I'm going to lose sleep over that potentially
0: happening. Yeah. I mean, well, it happened last year in Toronto and did not go well, to say the least. I mean, that game. The Leafs are playing really well. It's a bad time to be having injuries going up against a team like that. Can we play a good team and not be injury riddled to hell for once? So we can actually like see what this team is right now. And I, I feel like every every game we've had against a decent team, like you, the Bruins game from earlier this month, both of them, we were not the Abs, like in the yeah. slightest. The last one you can argue we were even a little bit was the the Stars or the Hurricanes game. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree it's those games, but I mean, the positive news
1: is it sounds like Nathan McKinnon is a possibility for that Toronto game. So that is going to at least give us a fighter's chance in that game. because Hunter's
0: chance, a uh, rusty Nathan McKinnon's going to – he'll definitely be going fast out there.
1: Yeah. and getting him back would just be huge because it's like, obviously the offense has not been the same since he went out. The power play has been, they were good against the Cowboys, went one for one. Well,
0: they had but, a grand total of 10 seconds Yeah, and they did very well on those 10 seconds.
1: Yeah, they did very well, but it, it was a, uh, it, it, they need Nathan McKinnon. Like we, we, we've realized we, we took a, for appreciation how good Nathan McKinnon is, um, because without him, this offense, while Miko rantanen has been terrific, um, when you have a top five player in the world and they aren't playing, uh, that's very noticeable on a team. Yeah.
0: Ima- imagine having Miko Ranson doing this and Nathan McKinnon at the same time Would make the team pretty good. I mean, yeah. thinks. but that's where the positive news for the avalanche ends at the correct moment. McKinnon might be back by the end of the week. That's a, maybe everything else on the injury front is not good whatsoever because the timelines that we've gotten on a lot of these guys are, just not true at all. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into big payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Basically, Bednar went on altitude today and said, Landeskog, Byram, and Manson are not close to returning. McKinnon is skating, and they think he's getting close. Helm has no exact timeline. Kaut is week to week. Nachushkin expected to miss time. And we didn't even mention this. Uh, Frankie's currently out with a lower body thing as well. We don't really know for how long. So JoJo was there tonight what the what the fuck what happened how did it get what? worse when we weren't playing i'm gonna be honest i forgot calc got hurt I'm i, be honest I did you. too that's why that's why i had <laughs> to pull, had <laughs> to pull that up because i knew hurt. i was gonna forget something
1: yeah um but yeah i mean it, it's not good the good news with nachushkin if there is any it, it doesn't sound too serious um bednar's words i believe were some time for yes, uh, val and like you said like the prognosis, like the prognosis is we got, that's a big word. I'm just bussing out big words today. Yeah. Um, yeah I was um, going to take
0: the source and I couldn't even say that.
1: Yeah. It's all right. It's late at night. Um, Byram, we talked about this on the last episode. Like we don't know what happens. Like this screams, like he started to skate and it got worse and he had to get surgery of some kind. Like well, that's what the screams to me.
0: When reading between the lines or basically Bednar just flat out said that the timelines were wrong and yeah. – they were never going to return at this point at all. It's just they got the timelines wrong on this. And there there have been times when the abs are dealing with injuries that the training staff and the health staff, I feel, I feel like takes unnecessary arrows just because freak shit happens in a game. Timelines. I feel like that's, that's a fair criticism because like how did this happen where we thought we were going to have Manson back in a month and Byron was week to week. And now we're coming up on what's it been like 25, 30 games Since he's played at this point, like that's a point where you're like, that can't happen. We're trying to run a team here and we think a guy's going to be back in six weeks. It can't be three months kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's I I get every body heals different, but with the medical attention these guys are getting, you feel like those prognosis should be pretty spot on. like. Like, I get their setbacks, but like Helm has had like
0: what 30 setbacks, it
1: seems, at this point.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't even can't even, I can't really tell if they're setbacks because it doesn't seem like they've ever at any point been close. And yet, we were given the, assumption that they were going to be back by this point and that's just not the case whatsoever I mean with Landeskog we all knew that this is a late January thing nothing changes on that front but for Byram and Manson Byron I thought was going to be back weeks ago and Manson should definitely have been back by now based on the original timeline and now I mean, it's look out. at Val too because yeah. Val it was originally he was just dinged up and then he all of a sudden had ankle surgery yeah and then now he's missing time is that one game two games 10 games 20 games doesn't seem like it's that bad but it kind of seems like we can't trust the information being given right now. And I don't want to put words in Bednar's mouth or anything close to that, but you seem kind of frustrated too.
1: I would be too, man. Like you, you, you kind of push through all these injuries and you think maybe we're getting to the end of it. Like there's been like, this is the first update we've gotten on Byram since Finland. I feel like like when, when he first went out and it was very discouraging to hear like, Oh, he's, he's not even close. It's like, well, that's, that's just brutal to hear. Uh, Manson, this is where it comes back to like, this is what sucks about the NHL not being fully transparent with the injuries. If it was like the NFL where it's like, oh, Jalen hurts has a shoulder sprain. You're like, oh, okay. Like that's, that's like one to two weeks to heal. This is just like upper body. It's like, did he break his arm? Did he separate his shoulder? What the fuck happened that this is all of a sudden turned and byron it's lower body. Did he tear something? Did like, what happened that he is all of a sudden been out for almost two and a half months now?
0: Yeah. And how did it go from he's always oh, week to week? It's not, it's, it's bad, but it's not too bad to now. Like, I'm wondering, like, did he like that? Like, did he tear a ligament or something yeah. like that? Did Manson break his arm? And my main point is like, it just seems like the initial diagnosis was wrong and that like, Oh, they're going to be back sooner. Like that, that can't happen like that, that more than any like freak injury happening on the ice kind of makes me concerned behind the scenes. But obviously I know nothing about what goes on behind closed doors, but I think it messes with like the future of the team because that
1: changes everything. Like if you're thinking you're going to get a guy back in four weeks, that changes who you're calling up. That changes who, like you're potentially trading for. That changes and also, so many things. And
0: also, I want to point something out. What do you mean Helm has no exact timeline? What, why? Why not? <laughs> do we not know the injury? Well, he had. We know he had a, a abductor surgery. Right. He, um, had, he had surgery. Do surgeries not have timelines, or is something going wrong here?
1: Yeah, because we're coming up on. He had it at the beginning of the year, so we're coming
0: up on two months post surgery. Right. And um, also, again. When Helm got that stuff, like, we didn't know if he was going to be back in Game 5 or, like, still to this point, he's still not back. There has been no transparency on a lot of these so far this season. And we're not entitled to any of that, but it's been a little frustrating, to say the least, that it's just, like, kind of being strung along with these a little bit.
1: Yeah, the only one they've gotten right was McKinnon, but everyone knows McKinnon is a freak of nature, and, like, any timeline, he's going to beat. Right. So... It's just it, it can be frustrating. I I'm hopeful that we see like now. It sounds like maybe if we see
0: Manson and Byron by the end of January, that's that's a positive. I mean, because right now they're on the same time the well the same loose timeline as Landiscon yeah. That's not close. Which to me, I'm just gonna draw my own conclusions and say around the same time, late January.
1: Yeah. I mean, Landeskog, I think we'll we'll start seeing some videos of him coming out and skating here in the next couple of weeks. I really do. I mean, there's no need to rush him back. It's just going to be like I think I, I would change Landeskog from late January to probably like maybe late February. It would be my guess uh, just based on they don't want to rush him back if he's not healthy. Uh, the player that you need back is Val
0: getting Nathan McKinnon. Like, yeah. if you
1: get those two back, your your team's looking pretty solid.
0: Like, I don't, you, I don't think Nathan McKinnon would have allowed this tonight. He yeah. despises the Arizona he Coyotes. He does. He
1: hates them with all his heart.
0: Yeah, he would. He would not have allowed or this, or this would have been a game where he's pressing to try to score like six goals. And he just, probably
1: would have, yeah. with how Ingram played tonight.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the man. It's like, what I was just saying Ingram was not good in this game. Yeah. He had a couple of saves, but he was not great in this game. And I, we finally got what I was asking for in a mediocre performance and we couldn't win it. Man, yeah. that gets on my nerves. But I
1: mean, we, I, I just, I'm frustrated with the injuries frustrated with this game. I, I'm just hoping that Manson and Byram are back before the end of January. Like that's all I'm hoping for, man. That's really all I'm hoping for. And that's very hopeful. Hopefully Val isn't like he's going to miss some time is just like Cogliano where it's like two games. Yeah, um, But that was, we got Cogliano back tonight against yeah. the Coyotes.
0: We got him back. That was, that was cool. He had a couple of scoring chances. He looked good and penalty kill was okay in this game. Cogliano, he looked like he was still getting his wheels back, but – Even still with Nachushkin, like there says they're still evaluating timelines on him. And we don't know what's wrong with Frankie yet. We don't know if this is a one gamer or if this is multiple games at this point. And
1: how did he get hurt on the Christmas break, man?
0: I don't know. What the fuck happened?
1: (laughs) Well, do you think it may have happened? Because remember they called up well, he was sick, someone wasn't he? Oh, he was sick. That's right. That's why they called someone up. Yeah, that's so right.
0: This is definitely a separate thing, but it's just like, what what could have possibly happened? But it's also interesting because he hasn't played. So in like two so, weeks now. Yeah, this hasn't happened in a game. So was he sick or was it like a maintenance day kind of thing? Did he get banged up in
1: morning skate today?
0: I don't know. Like, it's just a very strange one because we literally have no idea what's happening with this. We don't know if it's just like he slipped and fell on some ice. And is gonna miss two games, or if like his hip is bothering him again, and is out for the rest of the season. Not to immediately jump to the worst case scenario. I think we would know about that at this point. But that's my point: is we don't know anything about this. We didn't see anything happen. All we got is he is out. We do not know the timeline.
1: Yeah, and that's that's irritating because Frankie's. You need to have a good backup goalie for this team to succeed because you can't have your main goalie playing 65 plus games like it just doesn't work out in the long run um so yeah you need frankie and hopefully it's just something small and he'll be back but man it was just another thing where you're like well fuck like this is just snowballing into a shit show but like did you see that stat they put on the graphic today or or the graphic on the stat that they put out in the game today that we have like the seventh best start in franchise history with this oh yeah
0: with this corpse of an avalanche team right now I tweeted, I tweeted about earlier on the main thing is that we are basically three, three wins off of last year's pace already. And I think we've played a few more games at this point than we did last year, if I'm remembering correctly. So when you put all that in perspective, points percentage wise, we're pretty close to where we were last year, which it does not feel like that at all. But the stretch we've had over the last little while has definitely saved us a little bit and God, you have to give credit to Jared Bednar. He does. I know we give him a lot of credit, and Avs fans give him a lot of credit. Outside of that, this man gets no attention. Jared Bednar is the best coach in the NHL. We, I think, we can say that right now. And yeah, he's not yeah. Getting, he's not getting any consideration for the Jack Adams. I've had this rant before, but it doesn't get less ridiculous to me. And this is not even just about Bednar, like John Cooper. Mike Sullivan, they get no consideration for Jack no. Adams. Like in my opinion, whichever order you want to put them in, those are the top three coaches in the league right now. Maybe you can put like Bruce Cassidy in there. Cause he's always had good teams in Boston and now he's doing really well with the golden Knights. But for the, I don't think you can put someone in there after not even a half a season with a team so far. So those are two of the longest tenured coaches in the league for a reason. And none of them have won the Jack Adams, and none of them are going to win it this year. It's a total joke. And you look at what Bednar has had to do after losing several key players in the offseason and several key players multiple times due to injuries, and he's basically on the same pace as last year with this team. That's ridiculous. But it's not not a fun story. It's not the Devils, so no one cares.
1: Well, I mean, Lindy Ruff's kind of playing himself out without the Devils yeah, playing. Yeah, the Devils playing like <laughs> shit. But,
0: <laughs> so, but uh, somehow Rob Brendamore will it. win he it again. He basically had it locked up last. Even if the Devils lose every game for the rest of the season, he will be top five.
1: Yeah. Somehow Rob Brendamore will win it again.
0: Yeah, he will. Because because yeah. it only ma- cause it only matters if your team is good and you were supposed to be good if they like you and you get good quotes.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bednar, his quote, I was just checking Twitter to see if there was anything I missed. You. <laughs> they asked about Georgie, and he goes, kind of like the rest of the team, not good enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they you get a lot of votes if you have good quotes. Bednar gives no quotes to the media because he is a business coach who just yeah. says all of the right things, gives the media nothing to work with, and just starts no fires, only puts nope. them
1: only puts them out, but that's why we love them. So, yeah, I mean, it, as bad as it seems like it's been for the Abs this year, they're still on pace to have one of their better seasons in franchise history, which is crazy to think. Um, so, we will we'll take it. But any other things you wanted to comment on injury wise, and then we can kind of move into our predictions for the rest of this week, which now all of a sudden becomes very very important.
0: Yeah, I mean, injury wise, I mean. We talk about it every single episode. I'm sure there'll be something next episode we've got to talk about too. It's just getting frustrating. And I I will never blame the training staff and the medical staff for stuff that happens on the ice. But these are things that get frustrating. And I'm sure behind the scenes, other people are frustrated with them too. That like you gave us a timeline and now we're at the end of that timeline and they're still not even close. Did like either something happened or it was just completely wrong, because we saw Byram for like a day last month. And then we saw a
1: very grainy photo of him in like the the back of a bench at a morning skate.
0: Yeah. And then he was just essentially never seen again. Like just the kind of stuff that's, it started to get weird a little bit is all I'll say. It's frustrating. I'm not putting blame on anyone or saying anybody needs to lose their job or anything like that. I don't want that to be misconstrued as anything because I know nothing. I do not know a single thing about what happens behind the scenes. If you have that impression, I'm very glad I was able to fool you into thinking that, but I know nothing about what happens behind the scene. I'm just saying it's weird and it's getting frustrating.
1: Yeah. And it's weird because they've gotten the timelines right on like players who aren't as important as the players who are out like Curtis McDermott. Love the guy. Love him. He played a grand total of, I think two minutes tonight, Um, but they got his timeline, right? They nailed his, Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's hopefully it gets better. We'll see some positives going forward with this team. Um, on the injury front. Like, I think play-wise, like, this game against the Coyotes, you just flush it down and you, you yeah. bounce back. I mean, look at the Bruins lost to the Senators tonight. Like, uh, You know it was a weird night in hockey when that shit's fucking happening.
0: With the Bruins, if they lose in a shootout, did they really lose? I'm going to count as a loss because I bet on I mean, the Senators' money line. That's true. So. I mean, <laughs> it, it counts as a loss. So that's my thing with shootouts is, is was it really a loss? Yeah. Or is it a tie with extra steps?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, like, you look at the abs and the rest of the NHL, like – you look at some scores from that. I mean, the Caps blanked the Rangers, and we the Caps have been playing better, but that was with TJ Oshie. TJ she's out, if I'm if, yeah. correct oh, there.
0: Well, the Caps are 10-1-0 in their last 11 games. Now, all of a sudden, they're third in the Metro and two points behind the Devils.
1: Yeah, so the Caps are playing well, but like, would you rather be in the Avs situation or the Rangers situation? Because the Rangers look like they are barely staying afloat.
0: The Rangers are 100% healthy right now and just yeah. had that game. The Rangers are going to be a hot and cold team for the rest of the season. And maybe they make the playoffs. The abs, everyone knows they're going to be fine. And when they're healthy, this is the team to beat no matter where they are in the standings. And I still fully believe they're at least going to the Stanley cup. final, If they are healthy in the playoffs.
1: Cause that's the key. And like, we've talked about the Oilers a little bit. The Oilers are pretty healthy right now too. And they still like, They're battling right now. The Flames are, I feel like, pretty damn healthy. They're battling. The Avs are not healthy, and they're staying afloat.
0: Yeah. So The only other team that's super banged up right now in the West is Winnipeg, and they've been struggling a bit. They got beat up by Minnesota tonight. And other than that, most teams have been – pretty. Vegas is banged up right now. They're missing Eichel a little bit, and I think they're missing a few other guys that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but they're missing a few guys. For the Avs to be still sticking around at this point and they're – very much in the division race with games in hand on everybody once they're healthy they're going to rattle off wins and be just fine and they've been rattling off wins and this is hopefully going to be a one-off because we saw it against the sabers they had a terrible game and they bounced back and had a great performance the next night so Maybe it's what you were saying. Maybe this is just the kind of thing that just needs to happen like every two weeks or so where you you just don't play your best and you come back for the next couple of games and you kick some ass because you're going to need it. You got the Kings coming up and then it is Toronto and then it is Vegas Vegas. essentially where you got one day off where it's New Year's, you get drunk and you go and you play Vegas the next night, which generally doesn't mix very well. Vegas and hangovers, but we'll see how it all goes. That's a back-to-back. No, it's you have oh. you, you have New Year's off. So you have New Year's Eve, Toronto, and then this January 2nd, you have Vegas, both at home.
1: I'd almost wish that was a back-to-back because then they can't go out and party.
0: <laughs> like, who, who, almost, says that, it, who says it would stop them anyway? Yeah, I mean Bednar
1: should call practice on fucking New Year's Day. <laughs> Just fucking go. But, but but we'll see. Um yeah, I mean that Kings game, I'm looking at right now. The Kings are battling with the Knights right now. It's tied two two in the third period. We've Talked about the Kings, they aren't great defensively. They somehow are eighth in the league. They haven't played a ton more games than I feel like everyone else. Um, but they're beatable, they're very beatable. You got Copley more than likely starting or quick. Both have been, I mean, Copley's been better, but he was in he was an AHL goalie to start the year.
0: So Copley's Hopley, been an AHL goalie his whole career. There was one season where he was a backup to Holtby after we got Grubauer from the Caps. He was. Holt back up the season after the caps won the cup. He was fine. They went to the AHL. He's been fine. His whole career. Yeah. He came into the Kings this season as their third string goalie. He was a, a signing that nobody even noticed. Cause I think it was like three days after. Yep. And he's a fine goalie, but I also think he's benefiting right now from no one really knows how to beat this guy. And then we're going to be looking at this in 25 games. Like, Oh, copy's a nine Oh two. Yeah.
1: And I think the Adams can beat him. Uh, I think the abs win that game against LA. I, I think it's closer than where you will like. I think they win it
0: like four, three in overtime. Stop stealing my scores. Man. <laughs> we're just on the same page, man. We really, we, it's like, we're annoyingly on the same page most yeah. of the time with most things. It doesn't make great radio. when we agree on everything all the time. <laughs> I think they win four, three in regulation. I think it's going to be not the cleanest game. From both sides, I almost want to say it'll be 5-3, five, 5-4, five, something like that. I feel like that's been a bit of a too high of a score, even with the Kings on the other side. I'm going to say 4-3 to three in regulation. Some sloppy play, some mistakes, but I think... The Avs are going to respond well from this game because they usually do. They usually do not let these things fester and boil over into being like a three, four game stretch. I think they stamp out some of this stuff. What I really want to see in this game is a good first period. I want to see a good first 20 minutes. Give me a good 60 minutes, but the first period I want to be coming out of that with the lead and saying, damn, we played well to start this game because the, these slow starts, they, they, you got to stamp these out soon. Cause when you're going up against Toronto, you're going up against Vegas, you're going up against better teams late in the season. And let's just say it, the playoffs, you're not going to get away with this stuff. It's it's cute in December. This is not going to hold on very well. It's going to start to come back to bite you like it did in this game against the coyotes. You got to figure it out. Yeah. And I
1: think they will. I imagine that they'll have a practice tomorrow. I imagine they will. Maybe, um, maybe. but I have, I think they're going to come out. I think Yorgif's going to bounce back well in this Kings game. Uh, I think he's going to have a solid game. He seems to perform better on at home. He's been good on the road, but he seems to be better at home ice. Uh, So I think he's going to bounce back. I think the Avs play a good game, but the Kings offensively are surprisingly pretty dangerous. Uh, So I think, I think your plays well, but it's still going to be a tight game. I still think it's an overtime game just because while the Kings, we don't think are the greatest team. They still are like more than likely going to be a playoff team. So we'll, we'll see, but I I think it's gonna be close. I think the abs win it. Um, And then that sets up a date with Toronto that I imagined at the beginning of the year seemed really, really fun. And it's still going to be a good game, but with how banged up the abs are and how banged up the Leafs are like, the Leafs are still pretty banged up,
0: right? Yeah. They're still missing Morgan Riley. I think Rasmus Sandin just went down with some stuff. I can very quickly try to find their injury list, but it seems like it's growing every day.
1: Yeah, As, their defensemen have taken it. Their forward yeah. group's hanging in there pretty well. Yeah, I
0: mean, um, Dean's out, Riley's out, Jake. Oh, yeah, that stuff with Jake Muzzin, we never talked about it. That was some scary stuff I think was happening with, yeah. his, with his spine or something yep. like that, his back. I, that's some, I hope he can play again. Nick Robertson's LTIR. Uh, They'd move Victor Mete, LTIR. I mean, it's not Avs it's not bad, but they're missing some pieces. Their defense is pretty banged up, but still looking pretty good. And, hey, former Av Connor Timmons, he's getting some minutes. Connor Timmins revenge game, man. He's coming.
1: Uh, him and Dryden Hunt are going to have a big game. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think that Dennis, least...
0: Dennis Mulligan will score in this game. I, I hope, hope so. He's he, hope played so. Well, he played well in this game against the Coyotes. He's come close. The finishing ability, it's not always there with him. He's got the speed. I think he gets one just because it's the Leafs.
1: That'd be cool. I'd take that. But th- this game, to me... Just with how this team's played so far, like the Maple Leafs are kind of your worst nightmare to play against because they are very skilled offensively, and they match the Avs speed-wise, I feel like. Um, And with the Avs players out, granted, if McKinnon comes back, that's a big difference. But it's Uh, also
0: his first game back.
1: Yeah, his first game back. That scares me a little bit in this game. Um, I think the Leafs are a very good team. They'll choke in the playoffs like they always do uh, because the playoff seeding in the NHL is fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> they're they're going to play the Lightning again. In yeah. One. That is the most ridiculous thing.
1: Yeah. Like, the Leafs get kind of fucked that way. I, do, I don't I do feel bad for the Leafs because it is very fun to watch them lose. Uh, but that is kind of shitty luck. Like, mm-hmm. this team's been really good for, like, five years in a row and they've just gotten the worst first-round matchups. I
0: mean, just that... It's No one cares because it's the Leafs, but if this wasn't the Leafs, it would probably get a bit of attention that the the playoff system is utterly broken. The two two versus three in division is not fair, and the, the Bruins, the Leafs, and the Lightning have gone nowhere for five years. They have just consistently been at the top with Florida randomly sprinkled in there sometimes, and the Leafs just get the short end because those are the two yeah. best teams in the East and they play them in the first round every year. It's yeah.
1: So fucked up. But, and then one year they had a chance in the Canadian division and they fucked it yeah, up. They, so. they only
0: had two chances. They played Columbus and they played Montreal back to back and they blew both of them. So yeah. you that's why you do not escape the choking allegations just because yeah. the playoff format's fucked up.
1: Yeah. But that for the Avs against the Leafs, I, I think there's a possibility the Avs win this game. I don't feel great about it. Like I, I don't think we're necessarily going to pull this one out. Uh, but if we can get a point out of this game, I'll be very, very happy. You're going to need Georgiev to stand on his head. Like he's going to need to play fantastic. And like I said earlier in the episode, like my nightmare scenario is Brad Hunt and Andres England out there against Matthews Marner. And Nylander, like that—that's my nightmare. And you know what's going to happen
0: every once in a while. You know know what the real nightmare is? You remember last uh, game in Toronto? Who was in net? Oh, Jonas Johansson. Yeah, that's that's also a
1: nightmare scenario. He's back with the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's that this game terrifies me, uh, just because the Leafs are going to try and prove something. The only way we have a chance, and. I think it's, it's a possibility if McKinnon plays. Matt Murray starts in goal. I like my odds against Matt Murray.
0: I do. He's been playing better. Samsonov is, I think Samson's taken a little bit of a hit lately, ever since the Caps kind of shattered his confidence. I think I'd prefer Samsonov right now if I had to play one of them, because Murray is just on it so far this season, but they both definitely have their moments, but I completely agree that I think the the Leafs, as of right now, with the way the Abs are, are banged up, are a tough matchup for this team. Yeah. Because the the way last year's team was is however you want to play us, we can beat you at it. And that applied to teams like the Leafs and it applied to teams like Nashville where all they want to do is grind it out and even like a team like Tampa who can do both. We could do everything better than you. When we don't have McKinnon and we don't have Landis and we're missing our second pair. It's really tough to take it to Toronto at their own game. And when they have a really risky goaltending in, in net that has really worked out this season, and you have Murray and Samsonov playing at like above 920 levels, this is a tough matchup for this team right now. I would, like you said, the abs in every single game they play, even with injuries, always have a chance just because they are so damn good. And Georgiev, when he's on it, is just a goddamn superstar and can do whatever he wants. But realistically, when you look at this matchup and have to make a prediction, the Leafs are just rolling right now. And it makes this game against the Kings important because I think you've got to win this one because I don't know if this one's going to go too well. I'm going to say yeah. the Leafs win 4-2. to two.
1: I think 4-2 to two is a gracious score. I think if they uh, – you know what? I like 4-2. to two. I'll change it just to be different. I, th- I think the Leafs win
0: 5-2. Okay. That's usually so, what we do. We, we change our score and then we just add one to the other.
1: Yeah. Time. like I, I just – I don't see the abs winning this game uh, unless McKinnon comes back. He's playing at a fucking number level. We get ranched and playing the same way. Like there is a formula for the abs to win this game.
0: Yeah. It's just, I I think it's going to be a good game. I'm not, I don't think the Leafs are going to blow us out of the water. I just think right now the Leafs are healthier. We're missing a lot of our big guns and that's how you beat a team like the Leafs in a game like this is you get your big guns to outperform their big guns we are missing ours for the most part. We're missing McKinnon. We're missing Landis Maybe Ranson goes off and has two goals. Maybe you get Val back for this game. I'd say a very small chance that happens, but maybe because we literally do not know the timeline. Maybe you get Val back for this game. If you do and you get McKinnon back, that changes things for sure. Because that adds some momentum right out of the gate for this game. But. This is this is a tough matchup for this team right now. When we play the Leafs later in the season, I hope we're more healthy because this is a very fun matchup.
1: It's a very fun match. Like the styles coincide perfectly with each other. Like this, these games just scream up and down like four goals each team. Like they're just the way these two teams play. Uh but just with the abs right now, I, I just I, I don't have faith and uh I don't it's not that I don't have faith. I just I was gonna I'm, say I'm, that is
0: very strong yeah, language.
1: I, I'm a realist. Like, if you look at the reality of the situation right now, the Leafs are a better team than the Avalanche right now. Not saying that they're going to be better when the playoffs start, but right now the Leafs are a better team.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you can't deny that the Leafs have been good this season. Ever since they had a poor start to their season, they have been absolutely killing it. They had a random – like, there was a point in time where – they hadn't lost a game in regulation for over a month. It was kind of like what we were doing last season. Friday, November 11th, they lost 4-2 to the Penguins. And then they went for a strong while without losing a game in regulation. They lost 3-1 to the Rangers and then 5-2 to the Caps. And now they've rattled off three more wins. They they held off St. Louis tonight for an overtime win. They're a good team right now. It's not really a shame to to lose to them because they are one of the better teams, at least in the regular season so far. It would be really fun to have them in a Stanley Cup final, only on the ice. I would never ever <laughs> want to play the Leafs in the Stanley Cup final. That would be an absolute nightmare for. Oh, me. It'd be hellish, God! Especially this year as the defending champs. Like that, that would just be like a. Would just that just be a... worse than a potential Caps Avs matchup? At least I win at some yeah. point with that. If the Caps make it to the Stanley Cup final, I mean, well, actually, now that I mention it, when we did win the Stanley Cup in 2018 the Caps got their their asses kicked by the Avs pretty badly, and then they went on a run. This year, they got <laughs> their asses kicked by the Avs by four goals. Same I knew you'd buy time. back into
1: this team. I knew <laughs> you
0: would. Listen, when you go 10-1-0, <laughs> and you actually are just playing good hockey, I'm watching them. They're playing good hockey. They look like a different team than the one I was complaining about. Then, yeah, I'm going to buy back in. But I'm just saying, the timelines coincide. <laughs> and you got your backup playing really well, like Rubauer was when they won the cup. I think you can make the case the cap might have the best tandem right now between Kemper and Lindgren. They're killing it. Yeah. They got ten wins each and they're almost nine twenties each. They're they're rock stars. Yeah, they're
1: good. It, it's just very funny for those of you all like who don't get to see the behind the scenes with Griffin and I we'll spend probably like twenty minutes before every episode and just chit chat just to get wind 20, up. Twenty's yeah, tw- light. Uh that's a light estimate. Twenty's uh... we're in a rush. Yeah. <laughs> it, we we talk about everything going on hockey wise and probably like what three weeks ago you're like, Yeah, dude, I'm not buying into this guy. They they suck. I'm dead, they're dead. They like they, sucked they did two suck. weeks
0: ago. <laughs> and then TJ Oshi came back and and then I told you that game that this looks like a completely different team. And even yeah. he's out and he's we don't even know when Oshi's coming back because man, that man has no luck whatsoever. They've looked damn good. They look like a completely different team. I don't know what the hell happened, but Eric Gustafson's a a Norris contender now. (laughs) But
1: yeah, we'll see. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting end of the season. The season's been a fun hockey season. Almost a football season. season. Yeah, yeah. Like there's been a lot of crazy shit going on. Uh, By the way, the Kings just scored, make it three two. So they're beating the Knights right now with about six minutes left. So they're more than likely, I'm going to say they're coming off a win. This could be an old takes exposed, but I'm going to say they're going to win this game. Um, But overall, shitty night in uh, the mullet. uh, I didn't expect this to be our first appearance in the mullet be this bad, but it was. So yeah, I don't really have anything else, man.
0: No, I don't really think so either. I mean, it's just it's a rough game. You know they're going to bounce back and we're going to yep. look back on this and be like, "Oh, we were so dramatic on this episode." Cuz that's that's how it always goes. And I'm fine with being dramatic every once in a while. It makes for good radio. It lets people lets people make fun of me, which I'm fine with. Yep. And they're going to be fine. I I think they're going to win against the Kings. The Leafs are a tough matchup. If you can win that game against Toronto, banged up as you are, and take them down, get two points in that game, because it's been done. The Caps did it a couple weeks ago with the same Leafs team, yep. and they, they're they beatable. If you can find a way to beat them, especially on your home ice, that's going to feel real good. And you can carry that into the new year, and you're battling for the top spot in the Central at that point. It's possible, but the way things are trending for both teams, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I mean, no. like, the Leafs are 7-2-1 their last 10. They're on a three-game win streak. It's going to be tough, but I they can do it.
1: They can, and I have faith in them. But uh, we we shall see.
0: Yeah, we will certainly see. I mean is is it surprising just to end this episode on this that the Avalanche have not scored hundred goals yet this season? Uh if you had told me this at the beginning of the year, yeah. But with all the injuries, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But I just I was just glancing over the standings real quick. I was like, huh? I guess we haven't because we, yeah. we're currently sitting at ninety nine. And just one above Detroit and four behind Ottawa, like less than St. Louis. Even San Jose has 110 goals. So <laughs> we'll get there. We'll catch up to. Him. We'll make some. Progress. We'll catch up. I'm not saying this is a problem, but that just kind of surprised me a little bit to see that we're pretty we're closer to the bottom than you would think in goals scored mm-hmm. so far this season, especially at five on five. It's not been, we've been bad. Yeah, it's not been pretty for the most part, but we've played good defense and we've gotten good good goaltending to get away with it. But once guys get healthy, it's it's going to be time to start cooking on some of these yeah. goals a little bit. Agreed. Under the hood, I was mentioning that like we're pretty close to last year's pace. Under the hood, we're I mean, not. The, the numbers <laughs> are not as good as they were last year. So hoping things can turn around a little bit. Things are not bad, not even panic-worthy. Uh, I mean – when you lose to the Coyotes, it's it's easy to get in those spirals of like what what just happened. So what I said at the beginning of the season, if you lose to this Coyotes team, you got to really ask yourself what happened. They're better than we thought, and we they did not take them seriously in yeah. this game. And we'll see what can happen against the Kings. The Kings are a good team that has slowed down the amount of goals they've given up, so it's going to be tough. I don't want to overlook them and immediately look to the Leafs game, but that game's going to be tough. The Leafs are going to be tough. It's going to be time once again to find out exactly what this team has in them right now.
1: Yeah. We're, sun, uh, Sunday's episode could be a very telling episode of uh, where this team's at.
0: Yeah. Well, you might just be in a horrible mood anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Like we, we could be. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling good. The Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett. Like there's a glimmer of hope again in Colorado sports. The Nuggets are good. The abs yeah, are going to be good. There's
0: a, there's a glimmer of hope indeed. Yeah. Maybe one day one of these teams will bring home a title. Yeah, maybe we'll see not the broncos anytime soon i can guarantee you fucking that oh, not with that russell wilson contract. Right?
1: yeah so but yeah man let's uh let's send these people on their uh their merry way
0: um it's merry like christmas i guess yeah
1: you see what i did there you see what i did there uh griffin's going to talk about the seat promo code you should use Um, I can tell you right now, tickets for the Kings game where they're going to be wearing those sweet reverse retros. I saw some for 62 on SeatGeek and then for a Maple Leafs game, which is an original six, like the original six always are tough games to get $66. So Griffin's going to tell you about a code that you can use and you can come into those games and save some serious money.
0: Yeah. If you're looking to go to any of those games, we got, we got a little deal for you. We We got some cooking up for you. If you've never used SeatGeek before, you can download the app right now we're going to let you in on a little secret. You can use promo code, tell it as it is. It's the name of the show. You can't forget it. And you can save $50 or $20 on your first order of $50 or more. I wish you could save that much money, but that'd be sweet. That would be sick. So all you got to do, if you're buying one of those tickets for 66 bucks, promo code, tell it as it is. And you're saving 20 bucks right there. You're saving big money at that point. And Free money at that point. It helps out the show. We would appreciate it. And if you forgot to give Christmas presents to anybody and you feel like you're a bad husband or a bad son or anything like that, this is a very easy way to make up for that. We're trying to we're trying to help you here. We're trying to save you some money.
1: We've been telling you this for please, like months
0: now. Please so. use the code. Please give us money too.
1: <laughs> We'd love it. We'd love, we love it. And that money.
0: would help us tremendously. I love money. It's the only <laughs> reason I do this show is money and influence. For
1: the very little we
0: get. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause we get money on this show. Oh, yeah. For sure. We definitely I that's why I live in my apartment. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's why I uh that's why I uh, I have to have a second job to supply my lifestyle.
0: <laughs> and my, my life goals of money and power have not started too well, but we're getting there step <laughs> by step. And you can help me by using promo code Tell It Is on SeatGeek for twenty dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more. It's free money for both of us. Yeah, and you know I, you know I love me some money. <laughs> Even though he doesn't watch The Office, still use the promo code, which has nothing to do with money whatsoever. <laughs> if anything, if anything that would save me money, see, that makes me stand out, and it gives me more influence because I'm different. I'm fair.
1: Different. That's a fair point. I don't agree with that side, but I I get where you're coming
0: from. It's not, it's not an active choice. Like I'm not watching The Office out of protest, but I'm gonna make it now. I'm gonna make it that now because it annoys you and it's gonna annoy people in the audience too. You, you're gonna hear from it. I guarantee it. I know. I know. I will. I know. I will. But it gives. But if you're engaging with the show and you're you're tweeting at me, that gives me engagement and I can sell that to advertisers. So
1: we could make a fun little bet that if uh, the Avs beat the Leafs on Saturday, you have to like binge watch the entire series of The Office
0: oh no (laughs) i have to watch i have to watch the office such a bad punishment Uh, Uh, i'm saying man it's a it's a ruse the whole time (laughs) my new year's resolution is to watch even on netflix anymore no it's on peacock i know what that is sure yeah so anyway the office great show (laughs) You should watch it for me and then tell me exactly what <laughs> happens in it too. And then use promo code Taledabs is on Seeky for $20 off your first order, $50 or more. Or you could stay home and watch The Office, according to Christian, your choice. Yeah, do, do whatever's
1: best for you. I, I will not discourage you either way.
0: No, you can do whatever you want. It's a free country, a free <laughs> life. You can do whatever you want. You got free will. Can, I can tell it's time to wrap up this episode because Daisy has gotten up from her bed and is staring at my soul. So we are going to wrap this one up here. I see Iggy is all over Christian as well. Yep. So we're going to wrap this one up here for the sake of the dogs. Uh, I already did the promo, but again, promo code Tell is also on CT for $20 off your first order, $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell it abs is. If you want to follow me, I'll start live tweeting the office more often now and make very funny and relevant office references all of the time with all the funny office gifs on Twitter. <laughs> you call it a gif or you call it a gif. This is important. GIF. It's a gif. Okay, thank you. At least we agree on we agree on everything, but we had to agree on that. It's not there called it, it's <laughs> it's not called graphics it's called the a gif g, the g stands for graphics and if they go like, oh, the creator calls it gif okay well he's wrong and stupid he doesn't know how, he doesn't know how to spell his own creation that's not our problem ah, but anyway before we get on that rant again we're gonna wrap this one up here thank you all so very much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time but until then merry christmas hope you had a wonderful christmas happy holiday happy new year let's go abs